Welcome to BS with M. That stands for bite size, not bullshit. This is a research-based sex and relationships podcast delivered to you in bite-sized episodes under 15 minutes so you can pick up what I'm putting down. This is not your standard dating podcast. I'm bringing in experts from the field and getting down and dirty into all the topics on sex and relationships in a no BS way, which is just my style. Releasing every Thursday so I can send you off feeling some type of way for the weekend. Nothing's taboo, nothing's off limits. Let's get down to business. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to BS with M. Today's recommendation is a documentary. It's called Untold. Caitlyn Jenner, you might have heard of it. It's not a new one, but it's an insightful look into how Bruce transitioned to Caitlyn and the emotional experiences that came with it. So I have some more information on what Caitlin says later in today's episode as we are talking about transgender athletes. So I'll just leave it at that for now. But the documentary is available on Netflix, and I'm always someone who promotes trying to understand instead of make assumptions. I feel like there were a lot of assumptions made in the entire process, and I think regardless of if you stand the Kardashians like me or not, I think you should take a look at the documentary. It's really interesting, and today's episode might get you thinking a little bit more about transgender athletes. So today we're talking about transgender athletes, which is quite topical in the news in Australia right now. As we understand in research, information is always changing as we learn more and more information. And right now in the news, there is a lot of controversy and a lot of conversation around transgender athletes. It's actually quite a difficult topic to cover because there is so little statistical information on transgender athletes. So I want to just kind of bring awareness to the fact that it is quite a sensitive topic, and I'm simply trying to bring you the information without opinion coming in, just the information as I love sports like so many of you, and I want to just kind of highlight some of the struggles, but also some of the really great milestones, I guess, that we've been able to make in the transgender athlete space. And of course, as always, I'll be bringing you all the research that I could find. I am honestly just pressing record, and I'm going to see how long this episode takes me today because there's just so much to cover. And I go over a lot in the US and Australia to try and compare the two and how we are actually dealing with transgender athletes who do rightfully so want to play sports just like anybody else. So today we're going over fast facts about transgender athletes in sport, talking a bit about Caitlyn Jenner. We're going into the major research. And I also have a little bit on the current news right now in Australia around transgender people in sport. Firstly, Let's make sure we all understand what it actually means to be transgender, shall we? So being transgender means a person's identity and relating gender does not correspond with their birth sex. So as we know, there is a difference between gender and sex. You may or may not be confused with the difference between transgender and non-binary, if you've heard both of the terms. Non-binary is an umbrella term that describes those who feel their gender identity is outside or in between male and female identities. For example, a person might experience both identities, both male and female, or neither of the two. A transgender person may undergo gender-affirming surgery, which gives transgender people a body that aligns with their identified gender. It may involve procedures on the face or chest or genitalia. So common transgender surgery options also include facial reconstructive surgery to make facial features more masculine or feminine. They include things like kind of revising that Adam's apple that you see. And as I mentioned before, either removing or adding on breast tissue to make 
that person feel as though they do actually have a body that aligns with their gender. By openly discussing the transgender experience and transgender issues, we can better understand and formulate policies in health, criminal justice, social services, and sports. What makes discussions around transgender athletes in sport is the pure lack of research around it, the want to be inclusive, both in line with concern for safety of athletes. So it is a really intense and quite, it is quite an emotional but very important topic. And only by talking about it and researching it can we start to make policies and start to improve the inclusion of those who are transgender and are in sports. So let's go over some quick facts about transgender people in sports. A lot of the research is out of the U.S., because it is sexual and gender diversity research, and there is a lot of research that has been conducted there. All right, I'm just going to rapid fire these quick facts for you, which I think you'll find really interesting. First of all, not all people who are transgender may discuss this with survey takers or identify as such with government authorities. So it's really important to note that although we think we have research on transgender people, a lot of people actually haven't disclosed that information, nor do they need to. In the U.S., in a national study, 71% of transgender people said they had hid their gender or gender transition to avoid discrimination. 71%, that's huge. 68% of high school students in the U.S. play school sports, but less than 25% of students who identify as LGBTQIA plus play sports. So that's 68% of all students, but less than 25% of LGBTQIA plus. In Australia, it's estimated that 40%, or just over 11 million people aged 15 or over, participate in some type of community sport, while 62% of children aged under 15 compete in community sport at least once per week. As of just last year in 2021, many countries hadn't started reporting on gender-diverse people in their countries at all. So if we take Brazil, for example, I think I just said Brazil. <laughs> I mean Brazil, where they haven't documented how many gender diverse people there are in the country at all. Anywhere from 0.1 to 2% of the population in the entire world are estimated to be gender diverse. However, I'd argue there are lots more people who do identify outside of male or female. The study conducted in Brazil last year was the first study to assess the proportion of gender diverse individuals in the entirety of South America. In the U.S., they report about 1.4 million, or 0.7, of the population currently, again, that's currently, and discloses information, identify as transgender. Now, as far as laws go, to give you an example of how the U.S. protects transgender people, only 13 states prohibit discrimination against trans people in the U.S. in relation to employment, and only 11% prohibit discrimination in relation to public schooling. In 2021, 27 states proposed legislation that would ban transgender athletes from competing in school sports that match their gender identity. In Ohio, transgender athletes have to apply for approval. In 2015, of the 48 students who applied to compete, only 11 were approved. Now, bills often require children to prove their gender. How do they do that? a genital exam or testosterone or chromosome panel given to them by their doctor. Three more facts. There are 22 bills that ban trans girls specifically from female teams and less that ban trans boys from playing. Why is that? Testosterone and the fear of injury or unfairness in sport is why they do it this way. 
But as you'll better understand from our major research section, transgender populations are heavily under-researched. Are we surprised? Of course not. There's not enough research yet. We're working on it. There's not enough. Therefore, there are very few studies on the actual advantages transgender athletes might have over cisgender athletes. Some reports indicated over 40% of transgender and non-binary youth report having been physically physically harmed or threatened because of their orientation. More than half of transgender and non-binary youth have seriously considered suicide. Now, that was a rapid fire of facts all about transgender people, mostly in the U.S., but also we got a little taste of South America as well. And since we're talking about trans people in sports, let's chat Caitlyn Jenner for a bit. So Caitlyn is the most prominent athlete to publicly come out as transgender. She was a deck athlete. She won a gold medal in the 1976 Olympic Games in Montreal and played college football as well. Now, Caitlin reported to Vanity Fair she started but stopped gender transition in the 1980s. She did things like call herself by the name of Aunt Heather and secretly wore a bra under suits to feel a sense of her true gender identity, but was scared of the scrutiny there was to be faced as a trans person and didn't want to put her children and then later on wife through this experience. In 2015, she sat down with Diane Sawyer from ABC and said she was a trans woman. Now, I pulled out some really remarkable quotes from Caitlyn Jenner because I love to share, you know, the more positive side of what people do have to say about their sexuality because we love to celebrate sexuality at the same time that we talk about some challenges and barriers and policies that are in the way from true celebration and lack of discrimination. So here are some remarkable quotes from Jenner. She says, sexuality is who you are personally attracted to, but gender identity is who you are in your soul. I've gotten more flack from being a conservative Republican than I have for being trans. Now, she also says, Bruce always had a lie to tell. He was always living that lie. Caitlin doesn't have any secrets. Hardly nobody gets to live two genders in their life. I love that one. Trans people deserve something vital. They deserve your respect. From that respect comes a more compassionate community. Now, on to the major research about trans people in sports that I was able to find. Firstly, in 2017 in the U.S., 16 states considered a bill which would limit which bathroom or restroom or locker room individuals could use based on their sex assigned at birth. None of the bills passed at that time. However, North Carolina had previously passed what they called a bathroom bill. The debate around the bathroom bill was a controversy in Texas, and any time we have bills that people are trying to pass through government or through parliament is a controversy in politics. It's also quite detrimental to the mental health of people who do identify with that population because it's almost as though they're arguing about the rights of your body or where you do or do not feel included or excluded. Let's talk Australian research and rules, shall we? The Trans and Gender Diverse Guidelines of 2019. This is what they use for sports clubs and facilities around Australia. Now, the Sex Discrimination Act of 1984 says something very interesting when it comes to discrimination. Around sexual harassment and victimization, they say, It is unlawful to sexually harass or victimize someone in certain areas of public life, including in some sporting contexts. But then when we revert to section 4.3, 
It says discrimination is allowed in some cases. Sounds like a bit of a twisted sentence, doesn't it? <laughs> when is discrimination allowed then? So it says discrimination on the basis of gender or sex in sport will be permitted under the act if the different treatment amounts to a special measure or an exemption applies. Now, special measures are positive actions used to promote equality for disadvantaged groups. They're often referred to as positive discrimination or affirmative action and address the unequal position of two groups of people, for example, women and men, by implementing a practice which favors the disadvantaged group. The act allows for a special measure to be taken for the purpose of achieving substantive equality between women and men and people of different gender identities. Now, the following are examples of actions which may, just depending on the circumstances, be regarded as one of these quote-unquote special measures. So, for example, setting targets for minimum number of transgender and gender-diverse players a sporting organization seeks to sign up, offering allocated training sessions for transgender and gender-diverse players with a view of encouraging participation, or offering a pre-season trial program for prospective players who are transgender or gender diverse with the aim of showing that there are no barriers to their participation. I'll emphasize again here, the rules are being adjusted and changed as more research comes out, more opinions come out, and more athletes, particularly in this case, are speaking on the matter. We're really living in history right now, and unfortunately, this means it can be at the expense of certain people's ability to participate in the very activities that drive them. In the Journal of Sports Medicine, they report that as of 2017, there had been no systematic review of literature around sport participation or competition policies related to transgender people. Now, in relation to sport-related physical activity, this review found the lack of inclusive and comfortable environments to be the primary barrier to participation from transgender people. This review also found transgender people had a mostly negative experience in competitive sports because of the restrictions the sports policy placed on them. Currently, there is no direct or consistent research suggesting transgender female individuals or male individuals have an athletic advantage at any stage of their transition. And therefore, competitive sport policies that place restrictions on transgender people need to be considered and revised and considered and revised again. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm Em and you can catch more on my socials at emilywalter underscore. The research referenced in this episode is available in the show notes. Please remember to like and subscribe because it supports the podcast and it also tells me you're listening. Now, I encourage you to spread the message that nothing's too taboo.